the white race. We desire harmony and unity today more than ever because it is only through the bringing together of the 400 million Negroes into one mighty bond that we can successfully pilot our way through the avenues of opposition and the oceans of difficulties that seem to confront us. When it is considered that the great white race is making a Herculean struggle to become the only surviving race of the centuries, and when it is further considered that the great yellow race under the leadership of Japan is making a like struggle, then more than ever the seriousness of the situation can be realised as far as our race is concerned. If we sit supinely by and allow the great white race to lift itself in numbers and in power, it will mean that in another 500 years this full-grown race of white men will in turn exterminate the weaker race of black men for the purpose of finding enough room on this limited mundane sphere to accommodate that race, which will have numerically multiplied itself into many billions. This is the danger point. What will become of the Negro in another 500 years if he does not organise now to develop and to protect himself? The answer is that he will be exterminated for the purpose of making room for the other races that will be strong enough to hold their own against the opposition of all and sundry. An appeal to the intelligentsia. The leadership of the Negro of today must be able to locate the race, and not only for today but for all times. It is in the desire to locate the Negro in a position of prosperity and happiness in the future that the Universal Negro Improvement Association is making this great fight for the race's emancipation everywhere and the founding of a great African government. Every sober-minded Negro will see immediately the reason why we should support a movement of this kind. If we will survive, then it must be done through our own effort, through our own energy. No race of weaklings can survive in the days of tomorrow because they will be hard and strenuous days fraught with many difficulties. I appeal to the higher intelligence as well as to the illiterate groups of our race. We must work together. Those of us who fire better positioned intellectually must exercise forbearance with the illiterate and help them to see the right. If we happen to be members of the same organisation and the illiterate man tries to embarrass you, do not become disgusted, but remember that he does it because he does not know better, and it is your duty to forbear and forgive because the ends that we, are, we serve are not of self, but for the higher development of the entire race. It is on this score, it is on this belief that I make the sacrifice of self to help the downtrodden race of mine. Nevertheless, I say there is a limit to human patience, and we should not continue to provoke the other fellow against his human feelings, for in doing so we we may be but bringing down upon our own heads the pillars of the temple. Africa for the Africans. For five years, the Universal Negro Improvement Association has been advocating the cause of Africa for the Africans. That is, that the Negro peoples of the world should concentrate upon the object of building up for themselves a great nation in Africa. When we started our propaganda towards this end, several of the so-called intellectual Negroes who have been bamboozled in the race for over half a century said that we are crazy, that the Negro peoples of the Western world were not interested in Africa and could not live in Africa. One editor and leader went so far as to say at his so-called Pan-African Congress that American Negroes could not live in Africa because the climate was too hot. All kinds of arguments have been adduced by these Negro intellectuals against the colonisation of Africa by the black race. Some said that the black man would ultimately work out his existence alongside of the white man in countries founded and established by the latter. Therefore, it was not necessarily for Negroes to seek an independent nationality of their own. The old-time stories of African fever, African bad climate, 
African mosquitoes, African savages have been repeated by these brainless intellectuals of ours as a scare against our people in America and the West Indies, taking a kindly interest in a new programme of building a racial empire of our own in our motherland. Now that years have rolled by and the Universal Negro Improvement Association have made the circuit of the world with its propaganda, we find eminent states and the leaders of the white race coming out boldly advocating the cause of colonising Africa with the Negroes of the Western world. A year ago, Senator McCallum of the Mississippi Legislature introduced a resolution in the House for the purpose of petitioning the Congress of the United States of America and the President to use their good influence in securing from the Allies sufficient territory in Africa in liquidation of the war debt, which territory should be used for the establishing of an independent nation for, for American Negroes. About the same time, Senator France of Maryland gave expression to a similar desire in the Senate of the United States. During a speech on the soldier's bonus, he said, We owe a big debt to Africa and one which we have too long ignored. I need not enlarge upon our peculiar interest in the obligation to the people of Africa. Thousands of Americans have for years been contributing to the missionary work which has been carried out by the noble men and women who have been sent out in that field by the churches of America.